Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so honored to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy, but we're in this together and we have some great people helping us along the way. Now, do you think you are a crappy parent? maybe doing a crappy job as a parent, you're not alone. It's pretty much a byproduct of our society and all the demands that are all over the place, here at home, outside in the neighborhood, at the school, all the competitiveness that we see amongst parents on social media. We mess up constantly. I mess up. I'm sure you mess up because we're all in the same boat. But my next guest reminds us that great parenting is not the same thing as perfect parenting. Great parenting starts with true self-compassion, the kind that means you don't judge yourself. Isn't that refreshing? With her relatable voice and her hands-on strategies, I would like to introduce you to my friend and colleague, Carla Nomberg. Carla Nomberg, PhD, is a clinical social worker and mother. She's the author of four nonfiction books, including her international bestseller, How to Stop Losing Your Woohoo! It's actually shit, but you guys have to be prepared for these words that are going to be coming out because they're right on in the title, okay? So how to stop losing your, I might say, shh. <laughs> if you've got your kids in there, but if you can usher them out, we can actually say the titles of all of these books. Okay. So how to stop losing your shit with your kids, as well as you are not a shitty parent and the forthcoming how to stop freaking out the completely swear free middle grade adaptation of how to stop losing your shit with your kids. Carla's writing has appeared in a variety of online and print publications including the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Huffington Post, and has she has her PhD in clinical social work from Simmons College in Boston, and Carla currently lives outside of Boston with her husband and two daughters. So welcome, Carla, to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. I am so delighted to be here, Robin. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. Before we jump into all the stuff on self-compassion, can you tell us what gets you up in the morning and what got you on this path of talking to parents about self-compassion? Uh, what gets me up in the morning is coffee. And mm -hmm. if you think I'm joking, you're wrong. It's also the thing that gets me off the couch at night. Like sometimes I'm stuck on the couch oh. and I'm so tired. And I'm like, you know, the sooner I go to bed, the sooner I fall asleep, the sooner I wake up, the sooner I can drink coffee. Wow. So it's powerful. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. It's um, powerful. So that's what gets me up in the morning. What was your next question? My next question is, what got you so on this path of talking about self-compassion with parents? Oh, thank you. Yes. So um, look, this all comes from my personal journey as a mother when I, so my daughters are now 12 and 13 years old. And in my early years of motherhood, I really struggled with my own emotional regulation. I was losing my temper with them 
all the time. And that sent me on a journey that resulted in my third book, How to Stop Losing Your Shit with Your Kids. And it was through my practices of mindfulness and self-compassion um, that I really made some very significant changes in my parenting, which mostly had to do with me, not as mm -hmm. much with my kids. It was really about right. my stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's, and I will tell you that if I had to pick one practice, one change, one thing in my life that has made everything better, easier, more fun, less stressful, it's self-compassion. So that's what I wanted to write about. So I, I was reading your book and, you know, in the beginning of your book, you're like, you're not a shitty parent. And then, you know, you're talking about like, you know, you might be thinking you are a shitty parent. And so I want to just get a kind of baseline how do we know we're being too hard on ourselves and that we're not actually like thinking to ourselves, like people are probably thinking right now while listening to this, like, no, like really Carla, like I'm the worst, like I am total crap show. So how do we, how do we know that we're not really a really crappy parent? Look, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. There's no parent that gets it right all the time. I don't know. What should we aim for? 50%? Does that sound good to you? I don't know. I'm just making numbers up. It's like arbitrary. <laughs> um, we all make mistakes. We all screw it up. But I think a lot of us take our thinking to the next level, which is I am a shitty parent. Mm -hmm. And what I will say to those folks is I don't believe there's such thing as a shitty parent. And the, do I believe there are parents who aren't parenting the way they want to? Of course. Do I believe that there are parents who are parenting in a ways that aren't great for their kids? Yeah, yeah, I do. But I'm not going to call anybody a shitty parent because that's a dead end road. You get mm. there and you're like, oh, I'm stuck. Well, here I am. I'm a terrible parent. I suck. So I might as well give up. Like, what's the right. point? Right. And that's not the vibe that I know you're not going for. We want to help parents. I mm -hmm. want to help parents. Mm -hmm. And so what I think about is I think about parents who don't have the information, support and resources mm -hmm. to parent the way they want to. Right. Right. And sometimes those deficits, that information, those resources, which could be both external to us, like money, health insurance, access to good healthcare, access to therapists or high quality education. Those are external resources. And there's also these internal resources, right? Our own physical health and strength, our mental health and strength, our emotional stability, which are things that any reader of mine knows, I struggle with this, right? Mm -hmm. Emotional stability is, is an ongoing challenge for me because I get anxious and lose my shit. So mm -hmm. it's a practice, but the point is, um, for some parents, we all lack information, resources, and support at times, Yeah. but for some parents, the deficit is really significant. And those are the parents struggling the most, but I still don't think they're shitty parents. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's so appreciated that, that we can say, you know, having all this information that we've had, you're, you know, you're a parenting writer. Um, I'm a parenting writer. I'm, you know, I've been writing, you've been writing, we've been interviewing people, we've been interviewed. And yet still we have issues with our own emotional regulation at times. I mean, I, I apologized to my daughter yesterday because I was, I'm sorry. I was so snippy today. Like I am under so much pressure, Like my book is due tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> this is really stressful. And she was like, it's okay. Are you okay, mommy? Like she's, you know, I'm like so gracious about it. And I, I'm appreciative of that, but it doesn't mean that I, I won't do it again. And it doesn't mean it didn't happen. So, 
I, I think it's really important that we say that up front that just because we have the information doesn't mean that we're like somehow immune to having these issues, right? I absolutely agree. And and I mean, you and I may suffer from too much information. <laughs> that would be true. a problem for some of us. <laughs> like knowing a little too much, not helpful. But look, when I look at that scenario that you just described with your daughter, what I see is that your daughter is learning in the most real and relevant way possible that in a healthy relationship, sometimes people fall apart. Sometimes people lose their shit. Sometimes people say things they don't mean or do things they don't mean. And then you can apologize you and connect and move on. And I would much rather have my kids have that view of a healthy, resilient relationship than assuming that a good relationship is one where everybody behaves perfectly all the time. Isn't that like so important? I literally was just having a conversation with a, a 18 year old the other day. And he was like, I feel like in the past I've been, I was playing the role of the good son, like the good brother and stuffed his feelings down. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, because his outside world was a little shaky, you know, right. Right. parents getting divorced, like things were happening around him. And then thinking you need to like plaster the smile on your face. Like I'm fine. Everything's fine. I mean, how many times have we all done that? But I think you're right. Like when you're saying, when we're showing people, like we can be human and then reflect that humanness towards our children and then have them be human back to us, gracious back to us. That is such a good lesson in real relationships and real emotions. Absolutely. And, you know, my my husband and I are coming up on our 19th wedding anniversary next month. And I'm not an angel to him all the time. And he's mm -hmm. not an angel to me either. Like just last night, we were sniping at each other about something. And that's okay. Right. And mm -hmm. sometimes I, there's an apology that needs to happen. And sometimes mm -hmm. there's not, we just move on. Right. But I, I wish my, my wish for every parent is that we could move away from this intense judgment, right? Mm -hmm. That the minute we're less than perfect, which for so many of us is all the time, because that's human time. nature. We, uh, we really judge ourselves for that. And I would love us to get to a place of compassion, right? Mm -hmm. In those hard yeah. moments that we all have. Yeah. So so in the book, you talk about parenting having like kind of like with a metaphor of a series of arrows that hit us. Uh, can you paint the picture and help us understand how we can use that metaphor to guide us? Sure. And I, I didn't come up with this metaphor. It's an old story from the Buddhist tradition. And while I myself am not a Buddhist, I will say that Buddhist psychology is some of the wisest, most brilliant stuff out there. Mm -hmm. So the Buddha talked about the first arrows of life. And this is the stuff that just happens to us, right? Uh, somebody rear ends you, your kid gets a diagnosis of ADHD, your refrigerator mm -hmm. breaks, um, you get an unexpected bill you can't afford. Uh, there's a massive storm and a tree comes down on your house or I don't know, a global freaking pandemic, right? <laughs> Those that would first... never happen. No, of course not. <laughs> mm. So yeah. um, those are the... you get a kid who doesn't sleep, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever. Those are the first arrows of life. They are unavoidable. They're painful. They're unavoidable. There's we can't maybe sometimes we can soften the blow a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if you have a generator hooked up to your house. Mm -hmm. Maybe the storm isn't so bad, but you can't avoid the first arrows. They're life. But so often for those of us, after this first arrow comes, there's another arrow that comes right after it, the second arrow. And this is the arrow of 
like shame and suffering and blame. And this is the arrow of our voice saying, oh, if I had only done X, this wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. If I had talked to the right specialist, if I had like been better prepared, if I had had my shit together more, these things wouldn't have happened or they wouldn't have happened so badly. Oh, some, no, you know, my, my friend, her kid, when he was diagnosed with ADHD, she was so much more on top of it than I am. And things are so much worse for my kid because I'm a shitty parent. Right. That's the second arrow. And so the thinking is that first arrows are always going to happen, but second arrows are optional. We don't have to come at ourselves with another sharp pointy object and blame ourselves. And so mm -hmm. Many, many parenting books out there are about first arrow problems, right? Like how to get a kid to sleep, how mm -hmm. to potty train, how mm -hmm. to support a kid through high school, whatever it is. Those are first arrow books and they're really, really important. And you have so much of that amazing advice on your podcast. And sometimes even with the best advice, those first arrows come flying hard and fast and they stick us and it's painful. Mm -hmm. And so my book is really about how to put down the second arrow, what to do when things fall apart anyway, which they right, not jamming your yourself, as you say, in the, in the same wound, like taking that yes. first arrow out, but just jam yourself with that second right, arrow. And right. that's I, I, that description, when you said that in the book, I was like, Oh, I really feel that. I mean, yeah. it's such a good description. And I think so many of us do it. I do it a lot. That really was very meaningful to me. Yeah. So, you know, you talk about how self-compassion, it's not some kind of hippy dippy thing that we do. It's, it's a necessary thing. So, okay, Carla, like, let's say we're in the thick of it. Like the kids are yelling at each other. Homework is, has to be done. And you totally don't get this math this kid has to do for tomorrow and your other kid has a history test and has a million dates. He's somehow supposed to, you know, commit to memory and thinks it's completely useless and is wondering why school is even necessary. Now you want to hide in your closet and cry and somehow also get dinner started and your dog just threw up on the rug. So you're teetering on the edge of losing it and becoming snippy and emotional and far from the nice, calm, collected person that you think your neighbor is. So how does that self-compassion thing work in that moment? Yeah. So let's define self-compassion first. And second of all, well, first, I would like to say that it sounds like you're in my house, yeah. Robin, except <laughs> it's the cat throwing up on the carpet because yeah. we don't have a dog. Nice hairballs. Yeah. Uh, well, so... <laughs> Look, this happens to all of us, right? So this is a great place to start. It's a very relatable scenario. We could even throw in like, you know, the news is telling you something terrible mm -hmm. about like war or whatever. Mm -hmm. You've got the news blaring and maybe your phone lights up with some like obnoxious news from a friend. You're getting some shitty mm -hmm. text message you don't want. Like, let's just dump it all on there. Yeah, all, it's all on there. The house is like electric with a bunch of garbage. Yeah. And so at some point, maybe something just goes really wrong. You burn dinner, you yell at your kids, mm. you drop your phone down the sink, like whatever, mm -hmm. and you just lose oh. it. You think, I'm a shitty parent. Clearly. I'm screwing this all up. Like there is no, there's no like calm evening scenario happening here. It's no. chaos, everybody's unhappy, and it's my fault and I suck. And like, if your brain is anything like my brain, you're going to take this to the nth degree. Oh, you I know, do. Oh, I mean, I, I'm doing do. therapy because of it. You yeah. know, it's like, I totally do that. We all do, right? And so we've all read those articles about how kids who have a nice family dinner are more likely to do well in college and don't do drugs and blah, blah, blah. It's nice to have that behind you. 
like really in your ear to have that voice while it's all happening so fun it's so fun it, it, it's nice to have that yeah Parenting's really fun yeah. so um so like you are convinced that because of this one chaotic moment your kid is going to be a failure their whole life right and you're For, and it's your fault and they're going to end up talking about you in therapy and it's your fault yeah yeah mm -hmm. that's life no okay so let's talk about this so let's bring self-compassion into the equation so mm -hmm. what is self-compassion self-compassion is noticing when you are suffering and then choosing to shift the way you perceive the moment or engage with the moment in response to your own suffering so look in this swirl of chaos right you've got like this tasmanian devil energy happening in your house you can choose to continue to run around like a crazy little chicken parent with your head cut off and yelling at this kid and picking up your phone and reading the text and half answering it and stirring the pasta which is already like too soft and it's gross or you can stop for a second just like put a pin in it and yes the chaos may be still swirling but you can take a moment in the eye of that storm and take a deep breath and say to yourself whoa this is a this is a really hard moment mm -hmm. like things took a turn real quick right mm -hmm. <laughs> did not mm -hmm. see that coming yeah and then just doing that just noticing that you're in a rough moment is a serious act of compassion right because instead of like continuing to jump around and kind of be at the mercy of your own kind of crazy thoughts bouncing around on, out of control and at the mercy of kind of everything that's happening you're choosing to just stop for a minute take a breath and say this is a rough moment and saying this is a rough moment is actually dramatically different from saying i'm a shitty parent Ooh, wow right? yes i'm a shitty parent feels deep and personal and that's like some soul level awfulness right and there. you can't do anything about that too no. like, like that's not know, something you can solve in right. that moment that blaming thing right i'm five foot six and i have a nose and two ears and i'm a shitty parent right it right. just feels like, like there's nothing no you can do about that. that yeah um but saying this is a rough moment makes it less personal makes mm -hmm. it less permanent and then you can sort of shift your thinking and say yeah dinner time is hard for everyone this newfangled math they're teaching is hard for like 98% of us. I don't yeah. really know if 98% no. is the right percentage. because We I don't know because we don't know this math. new math. I don't yeah, know the, the new math. Um, so you can, you can practice this first part of self-compassion, which is reminding yourself you're not alone. It, dinner time stinks for almost everyone, mm -hmm. right? Okay, then you can take a moment and instead of judging yourself for like, not having some kind of super calm evening magic i don't have it um you can get curious what's going on here like what is happening in this moment okay what is happening is i've got too many balls in the air and they're starting right. to drop yeah so can i just put some balls down can i turn off my phone mm -hmm. can i turn off the radio mm -hmm. can i turn off the pasta that's already <laughs> like overcooked <laughs> before it boils over can i look at my kids and say hey you guys I have to get dinner done. So we need to put a pin in the homework for 10 minutes, mm -hmm. right? So all of a sudden getting curious, you know, and, and getting curious about how you're feeling too. Like, am I anxious and ramped, ramped up? Am mm -hmm. I completely exhausted? Like, is this whole dinner time plan actually really terrible and we need to order a pizza? Mm. Like, you know, 
So getting curious. It's so funny to can feel like such a failure to people. I, and right? I'm only saying that because I can say it for my own self. It was life's like, is supposed to be like, I love to cook and all of that. And it's love, it's my love language. And then all of a sudden you're like, I, I, we need to order a pizza it feels can feel really tough for people sometimes. So for all the parents out there who don't love to cook, I hate to cook. I do not know how to cook. My husband is the cook in the family. And prior to the pandemic, I was, we'll call it assembling. It wasn't really cooking. <laughs> I was assembling every meal and the kids ate a lot of boxed mac and cheese because mm -hmm. that like, I'm, I'm legit good at cooking that. Yeah. All um, right. And now my husband, you know, once he started working from home during the pandemic, he was home every night and he's like an expert cook. He's amazing. Yeah. So he's cooking all these fancy meals like sauteed chicken. Yeah. I don't know how to make, right? But it's so fancy. It doesn't come in a box. No. And there, there's like not instructions on the side of a package of chicken. It's very no. weird to me. I yeah, that it. is really strange. Huh? And now every once in a while when I'm home and Josh is out late, the girls are like, oh my gosh, can we have box mac and cheese? That was so awesome. And I'm like, mm, yes, oh. nailed it. So I only offer that story because oh. I want parents to remember that those nights when we let them eat pizza in front of the mm -hmm. TV, we may see as a failure and they may see as such a treat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. That's a really nice point. Thank you. So yeah. like those pizza moments are sometimes a total win. I like the pizza moments. I do too. And, I love and pizza. yeah, we had a pizza moment last night. That's how it, that's how it went down. Um, and that was fine. It's delicious. So <laughs> you say that you say that connection can really make a difference when it comes to self-compassion. So we were talking about these other things that you can do, but connection is one of the areas that you really focus on in your book and, and it's nuanced. So what kind of connection are we talking about here and how can we make that happen? Yeah. So there are sort of three general ways to connect that I think are really crucial self-compassion. And the cool thing about self-compassion is you get to pick the way you want to do it that works for you. Mm -hmm. So connection is the antidote to isolation. And in really rough moments, we parents tend to resort to, I'm the only one who. I'm yes. the only one yes. who fed my kids boxed mac and cheese for the first four years of their lives. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one who ordered a pizza. I'm the only one who yells at my kids, whatever that, it is. Oh, that, that, that third one is completely in my wheelhouse. Thank you. Oh, yes. oh my gosh. I wrote a book about how to not yell at your kids. <laughs> it sold a shitload of copies and I'm still yeah. like, but I'm the only one who does that. So that's really weird. Why are all these yeah, people buying this so book? Yeah, it's so strange that right? that's like a thing. Yeah. And the only one thinking that isolating thinking is so painful and so mm -hmm. debilitating makes everything so much harder. So how do we combat that with connection? So part of it is this idea of connecting to common humanity, which comes out of the work of Dr. Kristen Neff um, out of Texas. But that's just a fancy way of saying remembering you're not the only one. Mm -hmm. Remembering that you're not alone and reminding yourself that no matter how crazy it gets, no matter how chaotic, overwhelming, out of control, there are other parents who have been and are dealing with these issues too. And like probably right, right now. Right now at this moment. At this moment, at you're this not the only one moment. yelling about something at your yeah. house. Mm -hmm. no. So that's the common humanity connection. The next connection is this idea of connecting to the present moment, which if it sounds a whole lot like mindfulness, that's because it is. But so often what happens when we are really in these sort of depths of shame and blame is our, you and I talked about this, Robin, mm -hmm. our thinking spirals out of control. 
Absolutely. And we go either way back in the past, blaming ourselves for all the ways we've screwed up in the past, or we launch yes. ourselves into the future, thinking about all the ways in which we and our children mm -hmm. are going to be epically screwed up because we're not perfect parents. That's right. So that past thinking and that future thinking is like super unhelpful because we can't change the past and we don't actually know what's going to happen in the future. That's true. It's not your fault. This is mm -hmm. literally the way the human brain was designed. Your, your brain is doing the thing it was designed to do. And sadly, our brains weren't actually designed to be helpful. Oh, great. So, yeah, thanks Super. for that brain. Yeah. So um, <laughs> in that moment, connecting to the present moment, letting go of those past thoughts and those future thoughts and coming back to what is actually happening right here, right now. What can I see? What can I hear? What do I know is happening is a way to really bring down the energy on that negative thinking. Okay. And then the last thing is connecting to people who are going to treat us with compassion. Mm -hmm. And we may have a lot of loved ones, we may have a lot of friends, we may have a lot of people in our lives who are great, but they're not always great at showing up with compassion when we're suffering. Right. And so in that moment, if you're lucky, you got one or two of these people, really. Right. And that's all you need. So don't assume right. that everybody out there has like, you know, a compassion team like lined up waiting. I mean, if you've got that, that's amazing. Team, team compassion. I'm picturing like cheerleaders being like, you don't suck. You don't suck. Um, but if you've got one friend or a loved one or whoever, therapist, whoever it is, who will show up for you and just listen and be like, yeah, this sucks for everyone. Mm -hmm. Let's go for a walk or watch some shit TV or like, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Right. And we'll just kind of hang out with you. And mm -hmm. be with you and really listen and not judge and not offer advice. Mm -hmm. That's that's a connection that the more you spend time with those people and really listen to them, the more you'll be able to practice that compassion for yourself. Right. Like sort of dwarfs that voice in your head that tells you that you're not good enough yeah. because you've got these other voices that are saying actually like that voice doesn't know what it's talking about right there. Like it's just yeah. wrong, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so for the people who are listening right now and they're like, well, okay, so now I've lost it. Okay. I've lost it. I lost it right before listening to this. I lost it last night. I like, there's a big mess. Okay. There was a meltdown, a boil over, uh, a big mess on the floor in my life. Everybody was sad and upset and crying. It was just a big mess. So how do we talk to our kids about what happened so that they can understand parents are human. We have feelings, we have tipping points without excusing the behavior in terms of like, Hey, it's okay to like go off the rails and, you know, throw pasta at the ceiling. Like, I'm not like thrilled that I did that that maybe made them feel scared or small or whatever. How do we deal with the aftermath, understanding that we're looking at it through a lens of self-compassion? Yeah. So I love this question. The first thing we need to do is get ourselves calm. If we've just lost it and then we're still like amped up with that tense, mm. angry, boiling over energy. And I, I really detest when I react during that moment. Right? Right we'll there. Do. Right there. I right. really, so we, oh, you should not be talking right now. That's what I think to myself. And yet. Well, yes, but we can't <laughs> stop. Because look, if you're anything like me, I just want to, I just want it all to be over. I, I just know. I rush through Get the it. moment and make up with my kids and move on. Because it's yucky and I don't like it. I don't like it. Everything's so. fine. <laughs> oh, fine. So, and look, I think sometimes 
I don't think every moment has to be a learning reconnecting moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I have a teenage daughter and we snap at each other so often that if we stopped to apologize and reconnect every time we did, like that's all we would do literally all day long and she'd never make it to school and I'd never make it to work. <laughs> and like we have enough trust and connection in our relationship mm -hmm. that sometimes we give each other the side eye and just move on, right? Yeah, right, right, right. But when those big moments happen, as they do mm -hmm. for all of us, hear me listener, I lose my shit with my kids. I think Robin does too, Robin. I do. do. I do. You are yes. not alone. Not alone. When those, when those big moments happen, so the first thing you gotta do is, is take a little time to get calm. Because if you try to reconnect with your kid when you're still a jumbled mess of tension and emotion, all the things, you're just gonna end up biting their head off again. You will. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's inevitable. Work. It's not gonna work. It doesn't work. I've it seen work. it not work. Really, I lived close. it not work, right? Almost, almost, yeah. almost like I was there. That's yeah, basically my relationship with my husband moving mm -hmm. on. Okay, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Yeah, next no. book. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, to stop losing your shit with your husband? Yes. Okay. No, he's amazing, and mm -hmm. he tolerates my chaos, and I appreciate it. So from there, Robin, you actually said something really important. You use the word behavior. So we need to make a distinction between our feelings and our behavior. So you can identify your feelings if you know what they were. I was feeling anxious, I was feeling scared, I was feeling angry, I was feeling rushed, overwhelmed, whatever it was. You can name those feelings. You never have to apologize for your feelings. Nobody right. does. No feeling is ever wrong. Some of them are incredibly unpleasant, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not wrong. Right. So you can say, I was feeling frustrated because I asked you 47 times not to throw that ball in the house and then you threw the ball in the house, right? then you can apologize for the behavior. I, I'm sorry I screamed at you, mm -hmm. right? I'm sorry I slammed the door. I'm sorry, whatever it is. And then try to make a plan for the evening. Now, please do not say to your kid, I'll never do that again, right? Yeah. It's baloney, it's not true. And you may really mean it and you may have the best intentions, but you're only human, right? Mm -hmm. So chances are you're gonna lose it again and that's okay. But if you can take a moment, maybe during the calming down process to get a handle on how you're doing, like, was this sort of a one-time blip and you feel like you actually have enough energy to kind of get through the night? Great. Get back on track and you can work on the project or finish dinner or do the puzzle, whatever it is. But if you're tapped out, if you're done, you can say, you know what? This moment has made me realize that I'm so tired or cranky or i've got so much to do that i actually can't show up for you right now like i can't be the kind of parent you need right now or you know i'll actually say to my daughters if we keep working on this i'm going to lose it with you again mm -hmm. god will just straight up say that to them mm -hmm. so let's come up with a different plan and maybe the plan is screen time which let's be clear i believe screen time is for parents not kids mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. we put mm -hmm. our kids in front of the screen when we don't have the energy to parent them and that's mm -hmm. not it's not a flaw. It's not a failure. Mm -hmm. It's an acknowledgement that we weren't built to parent like 60 hours a week, 80 hours a week, 100 hours a week. Like mm -hmm. just because the kid is awake doesn't mean we have the energy to parent them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, you can apologize to your kid, right? And then you can say things like, I'm having a bad day instead of, I'm sorry, I'm a bad mom. I'm mm. sorry, I'm a bad, because Mm -hmm. like, I'm kind of thinking about what's the language I want my kids to use when mm -hmm. they screw up. And I would love for them to say, I had a bad moment. I'm having a bad day, not I'm a waste of a person. Like mm -hmm. I don't want them to say or think that. Mm -hmm. So that, and then, you know, sometimes after we apologize to our kids and reconnect, 
there also can be a conversation about their behavior, right? Mm -hmm. Just because we apologize to our kids doesn't mean they're completely off the hook. Right. So sometimes I lose it and my kids really haven't done anything that wrong. And so they don't, they need, there's no further conversation needed, but sometimes it's like, Hey buddy, let's talk about that ball in the house and like make a plan for how that's going to go differently next time. So you can do right. that too. Okay. All of that is really helpful. I, I, I feel like I could talk to you all day because it's just like, you know, it's like a therapy session for me. You get the bill at the end. The bill. Thank you. Yeah, no See, problem. that's good. No Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's so, it's so good. It's so good. So what would you say would be your top tip if you could leave us with one tip to take away about self-compassion while parenting? What do you think that would be? It's all about the self-talk. So many of us move through our day thinking that we are horrible parents, we're screwing this up, we're useless, and we're the only ones who can't get parenting right. And that's like trying to do your job when you have, you know, a boss or a supervisor following you around all day telling you how much you suck. Like, yeah. it's impossible. So right. I give readers a lot of tips in the book about how to start to shift your self-talk into ways that are much kinder more forgiving, more understanding. Um, and that's more like having a boss walking around all day saying, hey, buddy, this is a hard thing you're doing. And just because it's hard, that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. So hang in there mm -hmm. like you got this. Mm -hmm. And that boss didn't necessarily give you any answers for what to do differently, right? He didn't say, well, if you try this, it'll be better. He's just kind of there cheering you on, offering you a little reality check. And when we can do that for ourselves, which we can with practice, parenting just feels so much easier and more manageable and more fun. And it's not perfect, right? We still have rough moments, but they just feel so much easier to handle. Mm, that's a very good top tip. And so that becomes another voice in your head then, this boss, or does it replace the, the conversation in your head with the, the one that's been berating you? I used to think of myself as a terrible mother on a daily basis. Robin, I can't tell you the last time I had that thought. That's and great. I don't think it's because my parenting is like infinitely better than it used to be. It's better in some ways for sure, but I'm still mm -hmm. a flawed human and that's okay. Right. right. But now I'm much more likely to have generous, kinder thoughts. I'm, I'm tired because it's been a stressful week. This is a hard time. We're coming out of a freaking pandemic and nobody knows what they're doing. That's really hard, mm -hmm. right? Those are the thoughts I'm having. And I no longer think of myself as a shitty parent. And it took, mm -hmm. it took time and it took practice. And I'm hoping this book and the ideas in it will help readers kind of jump to the head of the queue and, and move through this process a little faster than I did. Um, if they're just willing to practice a little bit, you know, make a few changes on a daily basis that are really small. I know how tired parents are. I'm, I'm just right there with them. So what I'm asking parents to do is, is very small and they can choose the practices that fit best for what works for them. Right. And, and being able to recognize that voice when it's, when it starts talking to you and saying those negative things, bringing it out of the shadows and saying, wait a second, like you're, I, I hear what you're saying here and that's not true. Right. Talking back to that voice and being able to, to recognize that it's even happening, removing it from yourself, from the one who is saying, this is the truth and pushing yeah. it out and saying, wait a second, what's really happening here? 
right? Absolutely. And I, I kind of think of it as learning to speak a new language. Mm -hmm. None of us grew up speaking the language of self-compassion because our parents didn't grow up speaking it. It just wasn't mm -hmm. a thing in Western culture for so long. Mm -hmm. And so now we're learning to speak it. And when you start to speak a new language, you forget the word sometimes and you revert mm -hmm. to your old language sometimes. And then mm -hmm. you grab your study guide or you grab your notes that you've written for yourself or you go back to the really basic words, right? But eventually you you know, you may always speak self-compassion with an accent, right? It might always feel a little weird, but speaking with an accent is so much better than being fluent in the shitty language you were speaking before. Oh. So um, that's what I do. You know, yeah. I just reach for the, and some days I'm so tired, Robin, and I'm so out of whack that all I can do is be like, it's a hard day. That's mm -hmm. all I can come up with. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a hard day. But even that is so much kinder then mm. I'm a terrible parent. Mm, mm, mm. So tell us the resource of the week. Where can we learn more about you, your book and the work you're doing? So it's all on my website at carlanomberg.com. And you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. Excellent. And all of those links will be right there in the show notes. And I just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been such a great conversation. Uh, I hope we can do it again. Clearly we will, because you have another book coming out soon. But um, once you keep having these books, we'll keep on talking and hopefully sometimes in between. Thank you so much, Robin. And I'm so excited for your book. Oh, thank you. That's really appreciated. It's going to be awesome, people. Thanks. Well, I've got my takeaways and sweet friends. I know you have yours, so let's discuss them. You can go up on Facebook. We can talk about it at the Dr. Robin Silverman page, or let's chat about it at drrobinsilverman.com. I'm also on Twitter under Dr. Robin and Instagram under Dr. Robin. I'm going to be going back and forth with Carla about all these great points and like really dissecting them, but also... I, I will be creating memes as I always do and slap some of those great quotes on that Carla said today. I had, can think of several that are, I really loved. We'll put them on the memes and you can share them with all of your people so that we can remember them and maybe print some of them out and like stick it right there on your computer. And if you love this podcast, like I did, I hope you'll go up to iTunes and rate and review it so other people can learn about Carla and all of her great solutions, her strategies, everything she's talked about in, that, in this book and use them in their own homes. I truly appreciate it. That's all the time we have for today. My fellow parents, leaders, and educators, thank you so much for coming to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com. There's so many great podcasts up there, and the show notes to this podcast will be up there as well. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even on the days when you fall short, you've got this. You're here. You're getting the information you need. I know it's not easy, but really often there is a tomorrow. Parenting can provide that ultimate do-over. You screwed up. You yelled. The pasta is dangling from the ceiling. It's okay. We can do it again. We can try again. We can apologize. We can have a do-over. I'm right there with you. And as there are moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet sanity, please know you are 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.